morning. Yes, it that is. That song was just a, it's just a little different. A little different. Huh? Tune, uh, <laughs> little different right. notes you have. But then you have Spirit of the God, Living God, fall fresh on me. Let's sing that last verse. Sing that last verse.
and just lift up the ones that we need to pray for at this time. Does anyone can always continue praying for uh, Don and Kathy? And uh, continue praying for Brother Bob. Uh, we we'll always need to pray for my brother, Brother Bo here. Always lift him up in prayer. One of my good friends that I went to high school with and played football with, uh, Jeff Bynum, passed away this week. And his funeral is going to be Tuesday at uh, Lebanon Methodist Church. And uh, just remember his family. And, Jeff's been through a lot of health issues over the last two years and seemed to be turning the curve and uh, then just passed away suddenly. So I know it, it's hit his life and family really hard. And that y'all remember that family. Robert now, yeah, continue praying for that. Patsy, so she's getting on the phone. Yeah, remember Patsy? And brother. There's a few that's got the code. Yeah, remember Patsy's brother. And I think his, his uh, brother Ricky, is he still? I talked to him um, when we left, headed this way, and he had just gone through Memphis. So okay. he's actually happened to be here for lunch. So oh, okay. I'm yes. sure he was right. here. He's got food for the battle to the battle. Yes. He's got to be here. Amen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, bro, John. Our, our neighbor, uh, Jeanette, she's not feeling very good at all. She said a pacemaker put in. Went to the hospital yesterday and they released her. Just prayed that she recovers. We got a friend on the way, or a niece, uh, Patsy. Hey, she dropped a confessor list to come to church today. Oh, man. church and just just feel you just feel the presence yes. of the Holy Spirit but also the love that we feel from each other. I mean that's just what a wonderful blessing it is. It's good to have Jess back. I know you weren't feeling good last Sunday morning. Good to have you back. Yes. Yeah. And anyone else lift up in prayer? Yes I am. Uh, the little boy Ethan uh, that I asked for prayer last week. He got through surgery just fine and the boy is smiling and happy right now. And I really
not far out now. He's, he's within a couple of months. And, uh, uh, so keep uh, Elizabeth and Adam and yeah. Keith in your prayers. And yeah, definitely do that. Wayne, there's several uh, young people at Anyana that have cancer. It just seems like every week there's another one added down there. So y'all remember, remember all the young people that have cancer. You think about old people having it. And old people are supposed to die, but you just don't think about babies having it. And I know their families are, are really in need of the Lord's love. Sure. Well, I think nearly every one of us had someone lift up in prayer. Anyone else? Y'all remember Grandma from work. They've been going through some stuff with their youngest daughter here lately, and I don't want to, I'm not going to go into any details, but they're just, um, hopefully they found what is wrong, and they're just hopefully going to be able to get treatment and get her better. But y'all just remember that family, because they're just, she's, they're struggling, I know. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, hey, Sister Jess, can I call on you to, to pray? Dear Father, thank you for I can't even begin to, to start out naming the Lord, but you know what everybody needs yes. and you know what you know it's in everybody's hearts. You know all the spoken requests, Lord, and all the unspoken requests, Lord. You know you know everything. You know all the needs that we have, Lord. Just be with us throughout the service, Lord. Be with us throughout the week, Lord, and help all these requests that we make. You know, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sister. Well, this is how we're devotion, Brother Roger, you come and share with us this morning. to see everybody here. Uh, I guess I should read this card. Somebody laid up here. I didn't realize it was up here. Good to see everybody though. It's a wonderful day out there. Uh, beautiful fall weather here in Alabama now. And we'll have that for a week or two. And then it'll change. Uh, this says to all of you for everything you've done uh, for being the special people that you are. And I would agree with that. You guys are all special people. It says we can uh, never thank you all enough for all you have done uh, for us in the past four and a half months of uh, Don's illness. For the gifts, the cards, the calls, the text, visits, food, and most of all, the prayers. Uh, we are so blessed to have such a loving, caring, praying church family. We love and miss you all, Don and Kathy. Thank you so much, it says. So, um, when you go see uh, our, our shut-in folks, uh, it just brightens their day. They uh, and, and it brightens ours too. Sure. Uh, I never never do forget Don's smile. Uh, when you walk in that room, that big old smile pops up. And no matter what his condition is, he's still got the smile going. And, and you can tell by looking at it that it's genuine. It's not a. It's not a. Uh, Oh, here they come again. I get a smile now. It, it's real. He'll show you friend Stumpy, too. Yeah. And, uh, Billy Bob. Billy Bob. I'm Billy sorry. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, my first encounter with Don Graves was 
when I was, I guess, in the seventh grade, and he was a senior or a junior, and uh, I think we graduated five years apart, so whatever that worked out. He was a senior and I was an eighth grader, he was an 11th grader and I was a seventh grade or something, but we all had uh, PE together. Uh, well, football season ended, and I think now football season goes year-round, you know, training and conditioning and stuff. But back then, when it was over, it was over. And if you didn't play basketball, you went out to PE with everybody else. And I remember Don, you know, he was a big old football player, good football player. And I was this little old skinny kid, and he pulled me over and he said, you go long down that right side, and I'm going to throw you the pass. And I'm thinking... Wow, senior football player talking to me, you know. <laughs> and, I, and I went along and he threw me a pass. So, uh, and that big old smile was there. He, and he was smiling when he was saying it. So that's my first remembrance of him. He was, uh, he's been smiling for a lot of years for me. But uh, I started trying to get, uh, get devotion put together this morning. And, and this thought came to me that uh, it's time to stand, but how do we stand? You know, we see people standing on TV and mass protests and, you know, throwing their rocks and blocking highways and stuff. And, you know, that's not the way we stand. That's not the way we stand. We stand together and, uh, and we stand for what's right and we stand boldly. Uh, I don't think there's rocks involved with that. I don't think there's uh, fire involved with that. But uh, in, right after Pentecost, um, uh, Peter and John uh, were staying, and this is, this is just kind of, I started out with just a little thought, and the more I got to study on it, the bigger it got, and we ain't got time for all that I had gone through here. But Peter and John went to the temple, and there was this man there. This is real familiar. And he, he was over 40 years old, and he lay at the, at the gate. Of, I think it was called the, the Beautiful Gate, asking alms. And as they started in, he asked alms of them. And we know, the, we know this, and they said so they turned and, and fixed their eyes on him. And, and he was expecting something. He wasn't expecting what he got, but he was expecting something. And, and they said, you know, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, we'll give it to you in the name of Jesus. And immediately it said, he didn't have to go through therapy. He didn't have to wait 14 days or go to rehab for 21 days. It said immediately, strength came to his ankle bones and his legs. And he stood he didn't say he just stood, that he leaped with joy. And, and in, this, in the third and fourth chapter of Acts, there was a lot of phrases in there that says something about, and the people saw, and the people did this. And so there's a lot of concern with the Jewish leaderships, uh, leadership here about the people, what the people were seeing. And I think it said... Um, um, at one point there was like 5,000 believed in this and you know that was shortly after Pentecost there was thousands there too so this was a time when the church was expanding quickly and greatly and so um, 
it got the attention of the high priests and the Sadducees and the, and the leadership of the church, of the, the, the Jewish church, the Jewish faith at the time. And they brought in Peter and John. They said they, they took them and held them for the evening, I believe it said. Because they were, they were getting to the people. And it was, it was um, kind of upsetting the Jewish apple cart, I guess you could say, <coughs> in a, a, a mild way. Um, and it, uh, it said that they, um, it said that they spake to people, uh, and as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold to the next day, for it was now eventide. So it was not the fact that they were just preaching this, it was they were getting to the people. The people were responding. And it was uh, that was disturbing to the uh, to the, the priests and the Sadducees and uh, chiefs of the temple. Uh, and he said, how, how be it, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was a, a, a was about five thousand. So, even when the this the, the the this capture was going on, people were still believing, and um, so they they kept them overnight. Brought them in the next morning, and it said, um, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked them. This is the the Jewish leadership asking Peter and John, by what power or what name have you done this? And Peter filled with the Holy Ghost said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. For Peter and John expounded on the fact that Jesus was crucified. And and you know, I've heard people say that well he didn't really die. He he was just in bad shape and he recovered in a few days. You don't recover from a cru uh, a crucifixion. It's not that simple of a thing. It's a horrible thing. It's an all-day process before they put you on the cross. And, and you don't recover from it. Um, and, 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 and that's what Peter John told the priest. This man Jesus said, you crucified. It's by his power that we do this. It's not us. Uh, and, and, and then the, it said the priest said beholding the man which was healed standing with them they could say nothing against him I mean what could they say they knew this man he was 40 plus years old he laid at the temple gate for years and years everybody knew who he was and he was standing there rejoicing with him so um, at, they uh Peter and John did a little bit later in the chapter says that they prayed and said, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak the word. And when they prayed, the, priest, the place was shaken where they were assembled together 
And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. So, it gets an answer to the question I asked. It's time to stand, but how do you stand? You stand boldly. And you stand on the side of God, and He won't, he won't let you stand by yourself. He'll stand with you. Said the whole place was shaken with, with the power of the Spirit coming in there. So as you know, as we go out into the into the world and um, and we see people uh, that just seemingly have no I don't know what you say have no concept that that God's real and His power real, and Spirit's real. We just stand boldly. And, and, and tell them the word and um, I, I guess it's kind of like planting a, a seed of corn when you put that little seed in the ground it don't look like much but when God waters and, and causes it to come to life it replenishes itself hundreds of times you get two years of corn off of that stalk out of one little seed so we plant it God waters it and it'll grow and uh, uh, we just have to be bold we have to stand we don't throw rocks we don't set things on fire we don't turn police cars over but we stand and with that I think God will stand with us anybody got any, anything you'd like to say this morning I don't mean to get too long here if I had gone over everything I had highlighted we'd be here by <laughs> What she's talking about is Auburn had an outdoor uh, kind of revival in an arena down there, and, and one of the football players was saved and wanted to be baptized. And, mm -hmm. and they set up a, a place where they could go, and then other people started. And they had a, uh, they just had kind of a pouring out of the Spirit, I guess, there. Lots of people were, were baptized. But uh, yeah, and, and she stood up for it. Um, it, it um, it's a constant battle, and it's to me it's an irrational battle. There was an instance in the Bible where uh, one they, they were they were talking about this Jesus and and the things that uh, he was uh, his followers were doing, and one of the leaders on the opposing side, I'll put it that way, and I can't remember exactly where this was at and even who it was, but he said, "Let them go, let them do their thing." If this Jesus is real, we can't stop it anyway. We have no power against it. And if it's not, it was go away. So they can't stop us. They can't stop us. Anyone else? I just think of that scripture where it says, you know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Lord's going to raise a standard against him. And I just really believe that's what that revival, those young people, God is raising up a standard. These young, these young warriors, I believe God is just raising up his army. 
and to find him speechless, you know, in the earth right now. And we don't have anything to be afraid of. We know how it, how it ends, you know. <laughs> I mean, just, uh, I'm excited about the fact that I know that the Lord's coming back and all the signs are here. We can see them. I, Kent and I'm talking. I never dreamed when I started studying Revelation in the 70s that I'd be seeing the things that we were talking about, you know, in the 70s. It just didn't look like it could really happen, you know, or that it would not happen in our lifetime. And now we're seeing it. And one of the prophecies was that about the generation that would see Israel become a nation, you know, and from like 1848, that's, you know, I'm talking about, I was the kid born in a special year. You know, Israel became a nation, and um, Alabama was the first state that recognized Israel as a nation. So there's a rich heritage in our state, you know, of, of hearing God's voice and knowing that something is coming. I think our, our state is so blessed for that. Um, just as a way of uh, good news, the language church was, was it Bower Springs that baptized 20 in the river the other day? What's that? So, you know, God's moving still. He's still. Anyone else? If not, we'll have our classes at this time. He's going to baptize 30. Yeah. Never know. Yeah. Greg said he was going to baptize 12 off the football team. That's what I thought about. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. without, without people leadership aren't leadership mm -hmm. 
so they, they tend to uh, pay close attention to what the people say, as long as they're united. You need to finish your devotion, Brother Roger. <laughs> did you catch the pass? The brother Don threw you. Did you catch it? Uh, I don't remember what he said. He just threw it to me. I was a little skinny kid. I wasn't excited. He threw it. You probably got usually, usually in that instance, the four or five other football players on the team, but all the ones never touched the ball, you know, us little guys, but we were just out there running crazy. Okay. He, he must have caught it because Don was smiling when he got yeah, that's <laughs> Now Don would smile at anything. <laughs> hey, good morning, everyone. I, I'm here to report this morning that a rainy summer leads to a record crop of ragweed. So I need your help this morning. Anyone a word? Uh, not a whole lot of time this morning, but that's okay. Just a couple points I want to make. We're in the fourth chapter of Romans, and I, I guess about the ninth verse, but Paul's about to wrap up. He saved his best argument for last here as far as the Jews leaning so much on circumcision as being all they needed. And he, he's battled that with them now for several chapters, and Thankfully, he's going to wrap that argument up. We'll move on to something different. But he saved his best bullet for last. And in verses, um, well, I guess really, um, 9 and 10, he says, he basically says, All right, guys, let me ask you a question about Abraham. All the faith that he's noted for, was that when he was circumcised or when he was uncircumcised? And you can just see him go, <laughs> uh, uh, well, there went our feet out from under. Yeah, there went their feet right out from under. He, he saved the best for last. It was before he was circumcised. But the point I want to make in the eleventh verse, he says, and he Abraham. He's talking about Abraham. Come on in. It's okay. Come on in. Said he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith that he had yet being uncircumcised. So his faith to God was way before his circumcision. But it says his circumcision was a seal. Sound kind of familiar? After we're saved, sealed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So Abraham shoots that light. Abraham. Paul makes his best argument here on down in verse 11, that he might be the father of all them that believe. That's talking about you and me. We're as much a seed of Abraham as the person born in Israel. Amen. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And we're as much a Jew as those that were Jews populated. That's right. To verse 12, and the father of circumcision, talking about Abraham, to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised, 
without faith it is impossible to please God. Amen. Amen. That's what he's looking for. He's like, what's God looking for when he's looking down on earth? He's looking for faith. He's looking for faith. Verse 13, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. You ever thought of that term, the righteousness of faith? God sees righteousness when he sees our faith. Yeah. Want to impress God if there was such a thing? You'll do it with faith. You'll do it with faith. Like where you put that. I do too because that's, that shoots another blaring hole in those that are trying to please God and of course they do. Mm -hmm. But what about the female? You know, are they just left out of the equation of the Jewish faith that you had to be <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask it again. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Law is going to answer that. Yeah, I'm not going to answer But honestly, you know, what was their position at that time anyway? You know, it's what the man or the head of the household put there. That's, that's what they were. But now, all who come can all. be saved. Amen. Right. Yes. Sure. See, pour out his spirit on all oh, flesh. Yes. Your sons and your uh, mm -hmm. your sons and daughters, or is it your daughters? I can't remember. The sons and daughters shall prophesy. And old men and your mothers and your young men and your old men shall dream. Your old men shall see visions and your young men shall dream dreams. Mm -hmm. Thank you, sister. Thank you, brother. And the soul has no color. Has no. no gender. Right. Has no anything. It's our soul. And it's perfect in the eyes of God. Praise the Lord. Sorry, Mike. No, it's fine. All right. So he's finally, in verse 16, going to sum it up. Therefore, that's his, okay. I've been leading up to this the whole time, folks. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. Yes. I need a definition for grace. I'll give the first one. There's an acronym that I really like. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. Mm -hmm. I like that one. Mercy without merit. Mercy. Favor. Yeah. God's favor. Yeah. Un what's the word? Unmerited. Right? God smiles on me. <clears throat> and we could spend a week talking about grace. But the main thing we'll say about grace, it's free. It's free. There's saving grace, living grace, dying grace, grieving grace, trial grace. What's the song? There is grace for every need. Yeah. 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 And we can we can walk in it, we can stand on it. We can swim in it. Yeah. Grace comes through faith. Yeah. It says, I grace through faith. Yeah. And therefore, Michael, 
who has no worthiness at all about him, who's never done a thing good in his life, can have God's favor. Sure. You know, where does faith come from? Mm -hmm. Faith comes from hearing with the word. That's right. Yeah. You know, Brother Michael, all of chapter 2 was talking about how nobody was going to be exempt from judgment. Well, you know, and, and, and then all of a sudden we get over here, why don't we have a trouble? Or why don't we have a problem with grace being to all? Nobody being exempt from the grace of God. I don't know why. I guess some of us can't get over the fact that we're never going to be worthy. I guess we still want to be. That's why we can't accept grace, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's in. Ma'am? Sorry, what was your A in the acronym? God's riches at Christ's expense. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry. And you know, sometimes it's hard to grasp, but the fact that grace, that's a stumbling block to some people. Mm -hmm. That i got to do something to receive this. If he did, it wouldn't be grace. It would be a debt. Yeah. you got to accept it. That's all. Yeah. That's the something you can do. Yeah, that's the if there's a work in it, it's it's reaching out and taking it. Yeah. Yeah. But that that seems to be a, a, a stumbling block for some people. I would it's, say it's that easy. Especially for us um, self sufficient males. Mm -hmm. We don't need help doing anything. We do it all ourselves, we can do anything. But we can't do that. We have to ask for directions on how to be saved, don't we? That's tough. I heard a quarter of a tank of gas because I'll find it before I stop at that 7-Eleven uh, and ask somebody and try around the corner. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know why when I thought of the word grace, I thought about the, the, first, the, the girl skating on ice. And they say how graceful. You ever known a person that when they walk up to you, they're just oozing with grace? It just seems like there's an aura about them of grace. Gentleness. I don't know the, the adjectives to use, but uh, that person's just, they're just oozing with grace in their life. Yeah. It's hard to be bold and be gentle and be graceful, but it's uh, it all works together. Mm -hmm. Some, I've heard, people I've heard, just, sir. some people just couldn't accept the fact that this is free and that, it, that you can get it without it being earned. Mm -hmm. that, that's what a little lot of them might have. Take no charity, huh? Mm -hmm. yeah. have faith for this. Yeah. I remember in high school, uh, the, the free lunch program got started when I was in high school. And, uh, we had an economics teacher. And his slogan was, there are no free lunches. And uh, our first reaction to that was, why sure there is? If you qualify, you get <laughs> But uh, he said it, 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 that there was a price paid for Somebody. something. Yeah. yeah. And we'll wrap it up with this. I just think of grace. You know, in Revelation, it talks about a river blowing out from under the altar. Mm -hmm. I don't know, just somehow that river might have grace written on it. 
just just a river of grace flowing out from God, enough to save the whole world. A river of grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Plural. Well, first of all, he was naturally the father of the Jewish nation. But he's the father of every nation of Christians on the face of the earth. Yes. Right. Yeah. American, English, wherever you want to pick a nation, those Christians. Yeah, that's the plural nation. You could say the Jews and the Gentiles. Right? <coughs> Break it down even more than that if you want to. Before him who he believed, even God, which quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which are not as though they were. I think about his son. And we'll get on, we'll get into that too. But here's some attributes about Abraham that really would apply to me if I'd let them. Who against hope believed in hope. You know, logic says when I die, I'm dead. But I have some hope there where there's no hope there. I'm not dead. Faith that there's more to life. I'm, 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 I was made more than a cow or a dog. Yeah. Who against hope believed in hope. That's a term to highlight in your Bible if you use a yellow marker like I do. Yeah. Even though no hope at all of Abraham having a child when God told him he would believe that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be here's another thing I'd highlight in big yellow and being not weak in faith he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Here comes the highlighter. He staggered not at the promise of God. Boy, that's a big verse right there. He staggered not at the promise of God. Now how do we stagger at a promise of God? Unbelief. Right there it is. Through unbelief. You know, I was doing a little bit of research and there's, there's lots of different numbers, but taking out the duplicates of the New Testament promises, just the New Testament promises God made to His people, there's over 200 of them. Yeah. So I guess the question I ask myself and I'll ask all of us, which one of those promises of God do we stagger at? And that's a different answer for every one of us. You know, He promised to go with us to the, to the end of the world. Do I believe that? Or through unbelief, do I stagger at that one? Do I have trouble with that one? Which promises of God do, do each of us individually, when we think about it, do we struggle with? Do we stagger at it? That God wants the very best for me? Well, what's the one we use a lot? God would do that for other people, but not for me. Yeah. So I, if I felt that way, I'd stagger at that promise through unbelief. So just, just a phrase there that, that I've always thought a lot about. 
He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But, in contrast, was strong in faith, giving God the glory. Yeah. Now, what would be the... An example is giving God the glory today that a million years from now I'll be living with you. Right? Yeah. Abraham glory God that he was going to have a child even though he was 100 years old. Yeah. I have this particular verse uh, undermined and uh, Brother Lee Smith preached on this on December 24, 2006. <coughs> and it's not changed. It's the same now as ever, but but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And we we have a tendency to uh, uh, give people glory that has done things, but it's not. It's the glory of God. Amen. We always need to keep that uppermost in our mind. Brother Michael, can I say one more thing before we get off the faith? A lot of us will. If we we'll take a single thing and we'll put a, <coughs> all our let's say put all 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 our we'll, we'll put it like it's the greatest. The one thing that we do have faith in, we'll act like that's enough. But Abraham didn't just have the faith to move from his land at God's bidding. He didn't. He had faith to believe everything, all the way up, even to that part that most of us would would doubt. He believed all of God's promises, and even later, well, I won't go any further. But anyway, it was his nature yes. to have faith. And and we'll 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 take a little battle and try to stand on it the rest of our lives when we need to realize there's more. Verse verse twenty one. I'm, I'm trying to try. Yeah, I'm going to read these last four verses. Kind of line this thought up, and then let Brother Chris say what I'm going to say here. And being fully persuaded, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, this part's for us. Now, it was not written for his sake only that it was imputed to him but for us also Amen. to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification or for being made right with God. That's the thing I can do in my life. Abraham had his place. My place is to believe on Christ. Right. And I can have the same righteousness imputed that he did. Sure. God doesn't love Abraham any more than each one of us. He just honored his amount of faith. Yeah. Anyone else? I got it, Chris. I got it. He made me wait a week on verse 10. <laughs> <laughs>